0: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Boat Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class hunter. Working class working class bow hunter
2: podcast
0: working class bow hunter
3: podcast working class bull hunter working class bow hunter working class bow hunter you're listening to the working class bo hunter that's right this is the podcast for Billy Joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's Travis T bone Turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in it's
0: really really not that good.
2: It's time once again, if you're hearing my voice, you're hearing the voice, the real voice of Steve from the Working Class Hunter podcast <laughs> in Kurt's house in the studio with Kurt and Eric. Kurt, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. Just enjoying another day in the studio. I love podcasting. I'm happy. Did, did, did you hear what I said after your name? No. I said, and Eric. Eric's back with yep. us. I'm here. Uh,
4: I am here once again. Man.
2: What's up, stud?
4: Nothing, man. Good morning. Good morning. God, good I didn't morning. miss that.
2: Now I'm already wishing you were gone again. Good Lord. We are at <laughs> 1600 Bucks Layer Place right in the in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. It's uh, been a bit of a dry one, but we got some rain today, so I'm in a good mood. I don't know about you guys. I'm in a pretty damn good mood. Yeah. Are you? I mean, yeah, hell yeah. Did you? Did you?
1: Did, ya? did, ya? did, ya really? Yeah, did you really? Yeah, we really did. <laughs> I'm pumped about it, man. I'm, I'm seriously pumped to be podcasting with Eric again. Yep. Um, yep. We pre-recorded been some too long. Whoa, too long. dude, man, Whoa. now you
2: guys are talking over each other. We're getting ambitious over Get here. Get a room, mm. you two.
1: We uh Oof. let's talk about a couple things here before we hop to some sponsors. Um one we missed Eric. Uh huh. I've and been I'm... traveling. Yep. Um We kinda that...
4: we kinda of missed each other, I think, in a way. We did. I, I don't missed... know if you missed Steve that much. I had to deal but... with
1: Steve only in the studio
2: for a while and it was sad. It was weird.
4: I bet yeah. it was
1: kinda of rough. I felt like I had like couldn't make fun of him.
2: Yeah, that's weird, here? like, yeah, you, because you know you can't take me one-on-one, that's why. No, it's just more like, Eric calls you out, he's like, ah, you goddamn
1: idiot, like, he'll just, like,
2: <laughs> hit, jackass, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you jackass,
1: why don't you go piss up a rope, he just hits you with those, like, oh, my one-liners, Lanta. oh yeah, I mean, you're full of one-liners, man, yeah, yeah, but, uh, we've been busy working, Eric's second shift, so he was MIA, but, um, I want to bring up something, and I always try to do this as, as often as I can, um, we did an episode. I don't know. It's been probably a year and a half now about budget trail cams and uh, working man, uh, working class. I'll say <laughs> um, related products. And I, I'm a I'm a tree stand junkie, and I'm a trail camera junkie. And when I say that, I, I'll buy cameras if they're on sale, and I will buy tree stands if they're on sale. Um, I th-
4: see. In that, I'm not meaning to cut you off. No, but- you're fine. I think that's the thing with me, too. Like, if it's on sale, I think it's too much of a bargain not to buy it. You know what I mean? Depending on what it is. but right. yeah. yeah. I, I mean, can... like a trail camera or a tree stand or sticks or anything, if it's on sale, Cause more, more 80% of the time I'm going to buy it.
1: Right, because you can never have enough. When right. the way I hunt, yep. I hang a lot of stands, and I'm I move, I'm, I stay mobile, and cameras will help you hand in hand with a lot. A lot of cameras can help you with a lot of stands.
4: Or it means you can hang another stand or another camera. You know, I mean, yep,
1: for a unique cir- situation or a unique wind or a unique circumstance and whatever. Absolutely. So that being said, uh, like we we talked about. When we podcasted up at in Wisconsin Rapids, up with uh, Scott Bakken from HHA up at the HHA headquarters, we were at Walmart and they had a Maristep Hang ons for twenty five bucks, and I'm like, and Ugh. you
4: went absolutely nuts!
2: Uh, oh yeah, I bought four you, of them. You found right. the manager. Is this going to be on sale like Sunday? Because I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> I was like, I all bought all
1: four of them, and uh, I'm hanging three of the four this coming weekend. Anyway. Walmart has twenty five dollar trail cameras. Uh Tasco. Not the best brand. Maybe not. Maybe it is, is it, the best.
2: Is it Tasco or Tascam? Tasco. Yeah. Tasco. Like it, the scopes. Well, and honestly, this, oh, is, okay, this okay. is the
4: first time I've ever heard of them when you mentioned them to us.
1: Oh yeah, and we talked about it on the Jeff Lindsay podcast a right. little bit. But yep.
4: um Yeah, they're
1: twenty five dollars. I my my final view is review is coming, but for twenty five dollars, you throw an SD card in it and eight double a batteries it says this is what it claims six megapixel pictures six month uh uh, battery life sorry and uh the pictures aren't bad for 25 dollars.
4: that's what i'm interested in is night pictures you know because do you always get you get some of those cameras where i'm not expecting shit out of night pictures right uh, but but, but, right now the bucks are kind of nocturnal they're doing their thing at night so it's kind of like okay is it Cause you get some of those truck cameras that you have a great day picture. Well, you're going to get your night one bachelor actually bucks sucks. The
2: but the yeah. ones that we saw from a buddy of ours, they the nighttime picture right. was like okay, decent, comparable. Twenty five dollars.
4: You could tell what it was. That yeah.
1: Night. Now here's the thing. I have a eighty dollar Moultrie that sits right next to this twenty five dollar Task Cam, and it. The body's the same size. The batteries eject the same way. Really? It looks pretty similar. I
2: love the way Moultrie batteries come out, dude.
1: But its I know internally is what's making the difference of this camera. Absolutely. So we Absolutely. will see. And I will keep in mind, this is going to be, I'm going to give it a one, between one and 10 rating. And it's going to be on the $25 trail cam rating. Well, or we'll, we'll rate it. I'll compare it in three different ways. I'll compare it to what I'm expecting it to be for $25. I'll compare it on an overall rating compared to my other cameras that are 50 to $120, and I'll compare it to my top-in-the-line 200 some dollar cameras
2: that I have.
4: Fair enough. And we'll mm-hmm. go from there. Fair. I so, mean, for $25, I'll probably pick up a couple just for the hell of it. You know? I bought two.
2: Yeah. Why not? Always to always have them in your pack?
1: Yeah, Yo, That, that that's... or hang them in shadier spots where like someone might see it there and might snag it, but they might not. Oh, yeah, like a spot you've always been curious about, like that's near like a public road or whatever it may sure, be. Sure, sure. Um, anyway, that's just something I'll put in there, and I'll check back in with all the listeners on my review. And or
4: if you guys had these cameras and have experience with them, let us know
1: for sure. Because I saw I put a uh, Snapchat. We have a follow us on Snapchat. We have a group called the WCB Family Crew or whatever it is. And uh, I, I put that in there, yeah, but I hell bought of a one. A
2: hell job on that, by the way.
1: And then uh, just follow us on Snapchat. It's that easy. <laughs> and uh, someone else had posted that they wouldn't snag one, too. He's like, oh, might as well try it. Can't beat
2: it. Yeah. But so, if you do want to contact us, uh, workingclassbowhunter.com. Go ahead and find us. We're on all the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Give Throw us a rating
1: on iTunes. Screenshot your rating. Send it to us. We'll send you some of the new die cut hard hat stickers. They're badass. They are awesome.
4: This or podcast. You, go ahead. Or if you want to buy anything, right there on our website. We have a store now. So.
1: WorkinggossBonner.com forward slash
4: store.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Scent Crusher. We got the new. What do we got right in front of you there? Oh, 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 oh. This is Here we go. This
2: is an absolute bucket must. We've got the brand new ozone room clean in here.
4: Especially with you in here.
2: It's the plug in unit. Yeah, Kurt's Kurt's getting uh getting an electrician in here and we're gonna put an outlet right next to me just so this can
1: Right next to your face so I can't smell that. Shit breath going off of you. That
2: shit breath, <laughs> good one. Can we have on
4: fire feet too? Yeah. Can we have two running? Yeah. <laughs> we just
1: have it, We just have his foot in the gear bag, <laughs> plugged into the
2: wall. <laughs> just zipped up. Uh, dude, yeah, it dude, really works. I, this scent crusher, man. I'm excited about this thing. Um, you know, you've got the variable ozone output that you know you can pick. Hey, do you want light, heavy? You know, in this case, we're going to crank that sob up. 300 <laughs> it covers up to 320 square feet, you know, chemical free. What the cool thing about this is you know, obviously you can put it in your house, you know, or if you buy a house from a lady who let her cats just piss everywhere, hate that. You can throw uh, that in there. The worst. But jeez. You can really put this in like a motorhome or something. So if you, you know, if you go out camping like our buddy Gene Miller, um once a once a year he takes a week long vacation and uh they hunt and you know you throw this right in uh right in the camper dude it's perfect yep. yeah it's, it's got cr- the uh oh, i dude i cannot think of what the uh it, it's your standard outlet you know they don't have this obviously in like a 12 volt like so it's not going to go right. it's not designed to be in a car but if you got like a little you know breezeway or
1: a, a lot hunter's of guys closet, have like hunting areas where they have all their gear in one spot this or is even perfect. in a
4: cabin you know somewhere where you're not going to get mm-hmm where you can clean it all the time whatever you can just when you get there turn this sucker on or if you just take a
1: really bad poop and you gotta just crank one out it there. says
2: make your room scent free bath closet kitchen murder scenes it's cool man got it what dude, all hey, you move this you move this from one room so you cook some Indian food you clean the kitchen out then you when you go to the bathroom in like 10 minutes you throw this in there with you
3: and you can bring it with you
2: that's right so check out uh, they're, I'm sure they're going to be in stores. Why do you, we
4: have sponsors? <laughs> because you need a belt clip. You need a belt clip for this thing, so you just take it everywhere. <laughs> I mean, instead of like the uh,
2: <laughs> what's the what's the the gimmick that's on near uh, what am I thinking of? I can't uh, thermocell. <laughs> oh yeah, if of a thermocell they'd have one of these deals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. The podcast is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, absolutely in love with Elite bows. I'm shooting the Tempo.
4: I'm shooting the Option Seven.
2: I'm still holding the room clear. I'm I'm stoked about this. I'm shooting the option six, dude. I want to plug this thing in right now.
4: (laughs) We all got the. I got the new
1: brown. You got the green, Eric. You're all black. Yep, dude.
2: That green is.
1: It's that's my style. Pretty badass. We are uh, hoping we can put these babies to work this season. Check out EliteArchery.com. Speaking of Elite, our good buddies uh, Larry McCoy and Clark are in Africa hunting right now with their elites, and I know Clark scored already. And we'll wait to hear from the rest of those boys. But check out Elite. Uh, HHA, uh, single pin sites. If you're unfamiliar, and they, they also have the rest, um, lifetime warranty. They support our veterans, made in the USA. Um, if you're looking, for, if you're in the market for a new site or a rest, just give HHA a try. Tell them we sent you. Um, it's very, very, very difficult to be disappointed. in Any product they make, um, you got to just be. A horrible person looking for things that <laughs> to think are bad with a product, but it, That's it's
2: like you really feel. Just
1: <laughs> quality stuff, man. You can't go wrong with. It. There's a lot of good companies no. out there. Don't get me wrong, but and we choose to shoot HHA, and it's good stuff. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Yeah. Where,
2: where is it located, Kurt?
1: Beautiful, Fayetteville, ah, Illinois. Oh, lovely. Oh God! You go down a couple of hollers, and no. there's the Smith family, just ready to butcher your deer for you, make it into meatloaf, sausage, those backstraps, you know, bratwurst. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah. Dude, they're is, literally like you waiting for you. Like when you go out there, yeah, you're you're gonna run in and you're gonna go see you're gonna go see Susan and she's gonna take all your orders and you're gonna see Scott and he's out back and yeah, he's getting it's they've got that down to a science and I, make, I love that family, They make their man.
1: brats so good that you could take a vegan liberal out of the city and be like, listen here, it's a vegan tofu. Um, brat and then and eat it and then I tell them it's deer and then I watch them cry
2: and I laugh. You know that what happens? I, <laughs> I not happen. that. Dude, when 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 they eat it, dude, you just see like all of a sudden like.
4: It's like slow motion.
2: As soon as they start eating the brat, yeah. Then you see them like they look and it's like the realness comes out of them. Like they put on like a camo glove. Like this is the and and they're, best like, looking tofu at I've it.
1: ever had. I'm like, oh, really? Because that's a soul you just ate
2: because that's what you just told me. And then they just come apart, mm-hmm. and I'm fine mm-hmm. with
4: it. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious. All of a sudden, yeah,
2: you tell them, dude, you're like, you just say Bambi. They're like, oh, my God, how can I do it? Then they're sleeping at night, and they wake up in the middle of the night, cold sweat, just craving Bambi backstraps.
1: They'll never admit it. They'll bury it down in their deep liberal souls. It'll come out. You're right. So it it's always It's because and deer processing. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs> what a picture we just painted. Yeah. Sorry, Absolutely. Scott. Absolutely.
2: I'm not the one who ruined that one this time. <laughs> I'm just saying, if uh, if I was a
1: company, I'd pay us. Um, <laughs> We'll just throw that out there.
2: <laughs> he already invites me. He invited me over to his house. Scott did. So that's good enough. I think you drank all his moonshine. Didn't that happen? Uh, I don't think it was his. I think it was someone else's. But yes, I finished off someone's moonshine. Oh, boy. <laughs> Goose. Oh,
1: boy. We went off the deep end of this advertisement. Anyway, this is a long talk of nothing. That's <laughs> yeah. <Well>, all, <laughs> right. all right. That's all right. We got our good buddy Byron from the Whitetail Experience. Good boys. Good friends with these guys. Um... They're basically just down-home good old boys doing it the way... It's almost like classic American tradition deer hunting, man, the way they go after it. They're real about it. They do public and private ground. And uh, Byron's just a, a plethora of knowledge.
4: And Ooh, uh I like, your, I like your big words there. I like Kurt. how you
2: said that big word too. And yeah. Plether is only like five letters long. I,
4: I, I wish I, they could have seen that.
2: But uh Byron, I, I
1: he's someone that I'm getting closer and closer with as time goes on and just our relationship between the podcast and the project Aww. they're doing. And no, he's a good dude, man. And uh I love he's the guy good
4: he's good shit. That's I, enjoy, what he
1: is. I enjoy talking to him and he, he knows a lot and it's it's kinda cool to bounce stories off each other and, and for sure
2: whatever else. So So but, before we get to that, we're gonna do the vet shout out. Yep. Our, uh, our good friend Colin Cottrell, he's got a uh, podcast going up too. He wanted to let him, um, shout out his buddy, Ryan Milcher. I think I, dude, I hope I didn't butcher your name. Um, his Instagram at, uh, I almost said hashtag, I'm sorry, at Order of Man. He's just getting started as a bow hunter. He served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. You know, uh, thank you for your service, buddy. I hope you really enjoy the The joys of bow hunting you know if your friend is your friends with colin he's gonna lead you down absolutely the right path i think it's a podcast activate the hunt um he's a very good dude if you're friends with him then you're a good guy we already knew you're a good dude for serving this country thank you for your
4: service hats Uh, off to you man
2: hats off man thanks for your service buddy all
1: right time to lock in on the podcast episode here enough with the bs of just us, I didn't say it was over completely.
4: Oh, uh-uh. it's done. Kurt we're, walks we're, out. We're good at it, kinda. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I quit. It's like, uh-huh. dude, he left us
1: in his house. We joke around, we keep it light, but uh, we we love podcasting. So let's get our boys on here, and uh, or boy, I don't I actually don't know if it's just gonna be Byron or or the whole gang. I'm not sure. It's a surprise.
4: It is a surprise. Is it gonna it's gonna be surprise? the. Uh,
2: we'll find out. Yeah.
1: Enjoy, guys. Thank you.
2: All right, on the phone with us, we've got Byron and Dave from the Whitetail Experience. Two guys who I actually met in real life. We'll get into that a little bit, but fellas, how are you?
0: Doing well, Steve. How you doing, man?
2: <laughs> he said only Steve. I am doing great. You don't need to know how Kurt and Eric are doing.
4: No, nope. <laughs> we don't We don't matter in this podcast. It's <laughs> subpar. It's cool.
1: <laughs> how you guys been?
0: Doing well. Doing well. Getting ready for season, excited, and, you know, just uh, one more month and we'll be getting into it.
1: I know, man. It's coming up quick. It's crunch time for you guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You ain't kidding.
1: When's your, when you guys are from Ohio? When's your season open?
0: So it's like a floating, uh, day. It's basically the last Saturday in September. Um, so clearly no velvet bucks, but you know, we can get after them as early as like the 24th ish. Um, but this year I think it falls on the 29th. So.
1: Nice, nice. It's coming up quick. You guys get a little bit of a head start. It's always October 1st for Iowa and Illinois here, which most people know that. But, uh, man, you guys have been killing it. I've seen you guys popping up in some other podcasts. Just want to check back in, make sure we're your, we're your favorite. Yeah, what's – what's
2: actually, here, I'll rephrase that. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, but you guys are by far our number one, you know, supporting uh-huh. podcast of choice. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, good, good.
3: Plus, we drank beers with you guys, so that even makes it better. <sighs> yeah,
1: That's all true. All okay, all right. you guys are good still. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> it, boys. How's scouting going, public and private?
0: So, yeah, the the summer scouting, still busy. Um, doing a lot of trail camera work, more so than like we really ever have in the past. Um and it's kind of funny, if we rewind, even say two weeks ago, I could tell you where a bunch of two-and-a-half-year-old bucks are and maybe where we're not going to be hunting. Um, but, you know, last week we had a really good pull, and, and that put two more shooters on the list. So that's always, you know, the direction you want to be going in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we picked up a couple new pieces uh, since last season that we we're going to investigate, the, some big wood sections, one of which – isn't listed on the website and I actually had to contact the local forester to get a hold of so we're hoping that can be like a, uh, a hot piece that not too many people know about so we're really excited about that that's got huge potential in our eyes
2: yeah that's that's one of them one of them deals you don't run across very often but you're like oh no map, but there's a sign so if it's official eh, we're hop. not going to tell a whole lot of people hop on it
0: oh exactly exactly that's like the golden ticket you know
1: so Let's talk about this. So if it if it's public, how does your the summer work as basically getting after, getting prepared, change versus like if you were hunting a private piece of ground? Because there's a lot of people that have a lot of little parcels in the Midwest, especially Illinois, because there's not as much public as Iowa or other states. Um, how does it change in your preparation on public? Like what do you do differently from private?
0: Yeah, so – I think public you can never have too many good spots um, so like yes we have some history with, with several pieces of, of, of state property that are good but you know can we add another couple to, to the repertoire and and really you know you can study maps you can study topos but until you physically go ahead and put boots on the ground you don't know um, right. you can get an idea but the, you know, the other factor there, too, is, is using those trail cams in the summer. And unlike, you know, say, a private piece where I've got one mineral site on, say, 20 acres. With the public, we've got, you know, we can't draw them in with trail cams. You know, there's no baiting or, or salt or any sort of mineral of that matter. But, um you know, can I get a couple pictures of a nicer buck? And then once I've got that intel... I'm moving that camera because I've already found okay this area holds a shooter or two, you know now can I locate another shooter in this piece or take that camera to another section of the state? you know we hunt probably seven or eight counties um damn that's man. that's a, that's that's a, a hell
2: of a spread, man
0: yeah yeah it's it's uh, we we buy the uh trail cams off camo fire so we could spread them out and not pay as much uh, a retail price on them, sure.
1: Byron, I talked about this in the intro, man, and I you guys might want to give it a shot. I'm gonna, I'm doing like a a budget trail cam review real quick on one camera, Walmart's Tasco twenty five dollar trail cams. Oh wow! I'm I'm trying them, and maybe this is something you guys want to look at It's Six megapixel.
4: I think it would be perfect for public ground because you never know what's going to come through there. You know that, and if someone rips it off, you're only right. at
1: twenty five bucks versus fifty to a hundred.
0: Yeah does it uh does it have some sort of uh thread on the bottom or on the back to use with the stick and pick
1: it has it has a thread yeah on the bottom
0: okay because that's that's something when we go into a private piece and hang these cameras we bring one of our um climbing sticks and when dave puts a climbing stick he can get like eight to 12 feet in the air um because he hangs that first stick like waist high and you kind of climb up there and use that stick and pick to angle it down. Just kind of helps, you know, not get it as, oh, you get it out of like human eyesight and, and they don't tend to walk off that way.
1: That's a great tip, man. I never thought tip. about that.
0: Yeah, no, it, that, that, the, yeah, we have to put a mounting system and angle them down just cause I, I, I don't want to lose the intel. I don't want to lose, um, you know, a camera. And, and I, I already have the equipment to hang the stick and the stick and pick's just a nice, you know, accessory or, or whatever other mounting system. I've just been really impressed with the stick-and-pick system.
2: Yeah, you know, and that would have been something that would have been helpful for me when I, I put cameras out um, on a property last weekend. And I got I got right up to a point where there's like it's, you know, the timber kind of cuts off and there's a clearing and there's like the, the property fence. Now, this property isn't, it's owned by uh, whatever um, the village that the area is in. So it's not exactly public, but I was just like, you know what, man? It's not private. I'm not going to risk putting a camera out here. Not going to chance it. I didn't want to chance it, and I was like, but I really wanted a camera right there just to kind of take a little more inventory, so I kind of had to, you know... Take that loss just because I was, like, really afraid of that camera being lost. But I probably wouldn't have any issue taking a $25 camera there versus, like, a $70 camera.
4: Well, I like the idea, too, of mounting it high in the tree because you always have that spot on maybe a neighboring property where the fence is down and you know they're crossing, but you're like, okay, I don't really want to put a trail camera here because... Maybe the guy next door has a trail camera there, too, and he's walking by, and he might see him and be like, okay, what's going on here? Right. Maybe
2: he hates hunting, and he doesn't want anybody hunting, and he's willing to trespass to stop that. Maybe he's a vegan. Vegan. (laughs) Vegan liberal. (laughs) What would you say? Inner city vegan liberal? Yeah, inner city vegan
1: liberal. (laughs) Only eats tofu brats. (laughs) be appalled if he ate a delicious venison broth fuck him am i right <laughs> oh you're right you're totally right byron talk about the stick and pick man what is this a sponsor your guys or is it just a product you're, you're fond of or
0: yeah i mean we uh we are on their their hunting staff um you know i was looking for for a complimentary product to, to some of this camera work and um i i was just curious about their product and kind of started asking some questions and, and kind of linked up with them and uh, they've actually used some of our photos, and so that's always cool. when when a company kind of promotes your brand as well, and um, mm-hmm. it's just it, you know, it's kind of vital to a lot of this public ground. You know, not getting your camera stolen. It's it's like a vital piece. Yes, they. When I go to you know do my trail cam work, I need my trail cam, my SD card, and a stick and pick. It's just an accessory item now that i that i gotta have
4: uh-huh. so the stick and pick is kind of i mean do they offer different like to go into a tree you can stick in the ground yeah. or
0: yeah i mean they do have a couple of different mounting options as far as like a like a mini tripod base that you can stick in the ground but we primarily use their uh tree mounting system which is more like a uh kind of like a screw-in step and then it's got a three-point swivel system and uh most cameras like your bush your uh uh stealth cams uh radix and it sounds like this Tasco they have that that standard thread in the bottom and so it's able to connect without you know any additional hardware it, it comes with the stick and pick and makes mounting them and angling them perfect cuz I'm sure you guys have all been burned when I hang a trail camera I triple check like two or three times that that angle is right because I'm hanging that camera there for a month and you know not having the perfect angle and losing data, that's, that's valuable data for, you know, killing a deer. And for sure. You, you yeah. know,
2: you need every every inch you can get on these whitetails. Yeah,
1: Let like, me go grab that camera quick. I want to make sure it has that thread in the bottom. So I'm yeah. going to run and grab that real fast. All
2: right. Yeah, right, it's but, like, um, you know, we're always talking about, you know, uh, especially... Every time you hang a camera, you you kind of look and you, you do the crouch down where you like you oh, get the funny, camera.
4: The funny thing is, like I always like crouch down like a deer in front of the camera and like okay, if I was a deer, would would I be in picture here? And then you, I always get you know I stick a stick behind it to level it the right way or whatever. So this <laughs> yeah kind of <Yeah. laughs> takes the guesswork out of it, I guess.
2: I remember you know I had to take some uh, some Romex, I split it and then, like I, I I lost a strap. Which you know you get a stick and pick you don't need a strap. Um, I took I took some uh, Romex uh, wire, some twelve two, and I, I ended up cutting it and wrapping it there and using it, but it just you know it's. You always want that right angle, but I think that's where, like, cell phone cameras are starting to come into play. Like, you can get a picture and look immediately, you know, and see if you've got the perfect angle. Okay, boys, I'm back. It does have
1: the threads in the bottom, and it also has the option to run, like, a cable through the body of your camera, just like any
4: other. To put uh, a lock sorry. on there or something.
2: Yep, to put a lock. Um, it's nice. I'm
4: I'm really impressed with these things for $25. I'm not going to lie.
2: Are these made by Moultrie?
1: It, lo- it feels like a little Moultrie body. Dude, the they've camera. got the same back the same straps on it, and everything.
2: I'm impressed. Anyway, you guys should check them out. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. We're just rambling here by ourselves.
3: No, no, no. You're good.
1: So that's basically the main difference is when you hang a trail cam on public, you're out of sight, up more of a different angle.
4: Well, a sight, out, of out of sight, I mean, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Um like yeah. at
1: work.
0: So let's talk about basically the
1: the bullet we have here is like learn and move, and can, go into detail on what that means.
0: Yeah, so um, perfect example is early season. Um, we you know we targeted a, a specific area on on mm-hmm. public. I found some some decent tracks on a uh, creek bottom, and that's that's something that you know when you're you're hanging these cameras on public you, you got to use other means to kind of narrow, narrow a deer's focus because uh, you can't draw them in with bait or anything like that. So water sources um, works really well because, one, you've got tracks there, and that can almost tell you, one, a deer's walked through there. But then, you know, something we're trying to improve on is gauging these tracks and looking, okay, is this a wider track, you know, is this, you know, a potential buck in the area that that it's actually worth hanging a camera here? But that water source, obviously, you know the, the exact trail they're kind of using because generally that ground's soft and wet, and they got to utilize water generally in the summer anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so learn and move. We we hung this camera off this creek and gathered two bucks, uh, Seem to be working that area on a semi-regular basis, um, not necessarily every day, but um, one deer we believe we have his sheds off of, so he's definitely a target, and uh, he seems to have another debatable shooter with him. But I pulled that camera late June, you know, there's still plenty of time to get nice pictures of deer. And, you know, everyone loves a good trail cam picture to show your buddy, but we could already make the decision, Hey, there's one definite shooter and a second potential. Dave told me he goes locate those cameras somewhere else on that public piece. We got to find more deer. That's kind of, I would defer to Dave a lot on, on on big team strategy and, and moving stuff. And, and, you know, We've already picked up those shooters, so let's move on. And with a game of public, those shooters could be bumped very first day of season because somebody
3: else is in there. Yep. Yeah, we normally try to, uh, like, narrow down spots where we think bucks might be bedding, whether it's looking at topo mats and just picking a handful of potential buck beds in one area. Try to find the nearest, you know, obvious food source uh, for the most part, uh, which would be, like, a place with heavy oaks or obviously, like, your ag fields. And, uh, you know, maybe just try to find the trail or the path that he's taking from bed to feed. And then we're going to put the cameras in those areas. We're going to try to catch him, you know, try to find what trail he's using, try to find if there is a buck in the area and if he's a shooter or not. Mm-hmm. And if we do find one, uh, you know, we, we move it and try to find another mm-hmm. one at a different piece. And if we don't find one necessarily on that trail, you know, we might, we might move it 60, 70 yards to just a different trail. And, you know, we might still think that there is a buck in that area and we're just not catching him. And, you know, like you said, trying to find some larger tracks, throwing it on those. It's basically just to confirm that there is a shooter in the area. And once we do that, we're moving it to try to find another one.
1: Right, right. And I think a lot of people are kind of, uh, I don't know if they're scared or maybe just lazy, but there's a lot of people that don't move and get somewhat aggressive or, or get creative and, kind of exploring their area, like, like you said, you might not be catching that buck, and sometimes trail cameras and stuff like that don't tell the whole story. Um, be, you know, it is the timber, and the deer do live there, and they're elusive for a reason. Um, but I think a lot of people are kind of nervous to move and try things or hang a new stand over there or try hanging putting a camera here and moving in and then putting a stand over here, and I think yeah. that's where a lot of people missed out on opportunities opportunities they otherwise could have
3: exactly uh like i think we might have mentioned last time we talked to you guys i mean we rarely ever hunt the same tree twice even if the area is hot and we know that there's you know movement going on in the area you know the next time we go back to that area we we might set up 70 80 yards away but you know we're never sitting in the same tree just like you said just trying to be aggressive do something different not just going to the same spot you know over and over again
1: yep and and that's the main reason why <laughs> When I find a, a, a hang-on on sale, I'll buy it cheap, and I hang a lot of stands because, like you said, instead like mid-season when it's crunch time, you need to be in a stand. You could be taking three hours of your day to take a stand down and move it over and hang it back up and then sit. You already have them up roughly. or For every
4: ha- situation.
1: Yep, or you have one on deck if you have to hurry up and just throw one right, up. Right,
2: On deck? On deck. I always love a rapper <clears throat> say that. On deck? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's been, uh, I think probably the last two bucks you're, that you shot, you're always like, uh, you know, Kurt will be, yeah, I'm going to hang this uh, stand for this win tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you shoot a buck. It's just, it's always having that, being prepared. And, you know, it's like you guys said, you know, that being aggressive, that's really good to do because, you know, lightning ain't always going to strike in the same place twice. So I always almost keep, never yep, is what they yep. say. Always keep
1: a set of sticks and a hang on in my truck, man, because you never know.
2: Uh-huh.
1: That's the way I do it. <laughs> That's how I do's it. <laughs> awkward silence. Do you feel that? <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> wait, then I'll let,
3: let the awkward yeah, we'll, simmer uh, a we'll, little we'll, more. I guess we'll. Uh, I guess we'll talk about. Uh, we use like the like uh, lone Wolf ish type of stands. We have a double couple different. And the same when we we're we're really, you know we're packing in standing sticks every set, um, you know it's, it's, it's you know doing it on the public thing we don't leave anything in the woods, so it, it's it's definitely a little bit more of a hassle, but you, you definitely get a little a uh, little quicker at it as time goes.
2: Yeah, what what do you mean by lone wolf ish? <laughs> I'm curious um, about that.
3: Lightweight, lightweight, easy to hang. Whether it's a lone wolf, I have a lone wolf. Uh, Byron has a couple XOPs. Um, El Diablo has a uh, Millennium. It's like their light. He said. uh, Spanish. He said to tell you guys,
2: uh, ask you guys how it's going. By the way, we miss oh, him. Oh, How's he doing? A Spanish <laughs> for the fighting chicken. <laughs> Old Red Beard.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we miss him. We need to. But get I mean, him coming
4: back to that, I do the same exact thing. I'll hang my heavier stands and leave them, but I keep my Lone Wolf in my truck just in case. I'm like, okay, the wind changed when I got there, or something happened. Something weird happened. I got to just randomly throw it up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Heard that. Heard that. Um, So, looking for a tree, since we're talking about hanging stands, like, how do you find in public? Do you you normally set up on a trail? Is there a food source? Acorns, something like clover, something else that you're spotting in the timber or field edges? Like, where? Like, what's the first. I guess this is going kind to of be a tip to our listeners. And I guess maybe if you don't want to give all your tips away on public, especially. But I mean, like, what is your main thing? Like, I'm going to set up here. Because I, okay. would, I would think from someone that doesn't hunt public that most people see, like, any pinch that's available, any funnel that's available, any obvious type of stuff. Well, two, there's going to be 100 people in that area.
4: Well, like, two, I don't know how it is where you guys are at, but in Iowa, they actually plant corn on the ground they plant beans and they'll leave it up till december or even january
0: yeah so we'll dive into that so we have a few different types of of what i'll call public ground that we hunt um we we have kind of some wildlife areas with oh a mix of of, uh woodlots agriculture crp style fields and those those situations we definitely hunt a little different than say we do hope go to some big woods, uh, sections of, of big forests, national forests, state forests. And those are definitely a lot different set up and, and stand site locations. And, and so let's get into those, Dave. Let's start out with, uh, early October. Where are we going to be setting up?
3: Uh, I guess early October, uh, I mean, in the past, you know, we really just kind of just been trying to find those and locate those and locate bed areas to, come back to come uh come the beginning of november but uh so that would just be like your normal white oaks um uh, maybe some of your bed to feed transition areas um you know near your local or nearby ag fields i mean just basically you know that time of year has basically been targeting does trying to locate does find out where there may be a couple different doe bedding sites and then you can kind of link things together like a puzzle piece when you come back during the rut um, but, you know, and this year we're going to try a little bit more of the buck bed, uh, kind of Dan Infall strategy. We're going to try that this year a little bit more than we have in the past. But, you know, basically that at time of year I'm trying to find new doe bedding areas, ones that I don't already know about. Yeah. So to kind of top what Dave's saying off too,
0: if I look at the public we hunt uh first couple of weeks of season, these pieces can be traditionally like more pressure. There's more hunters there. Um, and we, we just go there cause we have some experience on these higher pressure pieces uh, a little more and we know we can go in there and have some opportunities. We will also hunt places a little closer to the road because if we're going to shoot a doe, why not have an easier drag out?
1: Good point. Good and, point.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of what we're doing is, is, you know, we, we have some experience to, to, you know, on several of these pieces, Dave and I've been hunting two of these pieces for 10ish years now. So finding those those known bedding areas, we know where they are, and setting up. A lot of times, it, it's finding the oak flat before they hit the agriculture lots. You know, at dark. Um, another thing, though, that we consider early season, that's kind of part of our team strategy, is is doe harvest. Uh, Dave and I are big on assessing each doe kill individually. So, for example, if we have a group of does come in, uh, say you know a group of five we're actually really likely not to pull the trigger on that doe group um just because we know they're in that area it only takes one of them to get hot at the right day if we we're, we're going to circle back to that general area in the rut mm-hmm. but if we if we have a single doe come in maybe a year and a half year old doe that that doesn't have fawn, you know fawns with her or maybe one fawn that deer is is now a possible target
2: see and that's smart cuz it's just like we're going to bring it back to the bar you're you're with a chick if you see a chick with her friend <laughs> uh-uh. if her friend is less good looking than her uh-uh. ain't gonna happen you're gonna try and get it on her and she's gonna be like nah, nah, we're out of here we're leaving this bar bunch of creepers brilliant point take the take the loader take the chick that walked into the bar by herself okay. beautiful strategy <laughs> okay, back,
1: back to Byron on why he really would shoot this though
2: <laughs> yeah no this this did pique my i i just i kid, but i'm really interested in in this theory actually
0: yeah um you know it's just something we we developed as far as you know how how we're going to go about hunting those
3: It all depends on the spot and the day and the time you know it's just kind of a spur of the moment if, if it's a spot that we think is going to get blown out by Dicky Moe's here in a couple of weeks, then we'll probably take a doe there, so you is, know. It's,
1: Your guys' thought process behind behind shooting the doe by herself is there's less a chance that a buck will chase that one doe if she goes in the heat versus if there was five of them? Is that, I I guess I'm, I don't know if I caught that right.
0: You're almost like if there's say a group of five and and you go to shoot one and have a successful harvest, you've kind of educated that doe group that there's a danger in that area we feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So the. So they're likely to shift their movement maybe they won't pass through there maybe they'll they'll bed in another location versus if we let a, a a doe group go by that's that's five deep you know any one of those five could likely come into you know be more comfortable in that area come into heat drag a buck by our stand um you know Bucks will will key in on doe bedding areas, and a lot of our strategy in the rut is to get downwind or be on the access trails to and from these doe bedding areas. So we 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 need those does there, and by shoot, you know, letting a group of five walk past us once or twice, if, if that were the case, we, you know, we know maybe that buck that's in the area realizes, hey, there's a doe bedding group, you know, a doe's bedding in that area. I'm gonna circle down through there, you know, every couple of days to check if one gets hot. You know, if, if we got a single doe bedding, you know, a single doe bedding in one area, and she happens to wander by, it's just we'll go ahead and take her because we're not educating others in that area.
3: Plus, there's only one doe there. You know, we got we we've got a lot of those spots that we plumb. We we have quite a bit of rut areas in our arsenal of spots. You know, if we go into a new piece and we only see one doe, that's not really going to be a target area come November, anyways. So if we're near the road, we'll take her then. Um, you know, this year we're going to do a lot more ground game stuff too. So we're thinking it might be pretty cool to take a doe on the ground, um, you know, and try and do some different things along that nature.
1: That would be cool, man. I had that almost happen last year. Uh, I picked up a new parcel late season I was sitting on the ground cause I didn't have stands in these spots yet. And I had a doe coming in behind me of all spots, of course. So I'm trying to like get ready cause you know, on the ground, they're going to see you if, if you're not ready before they get there and you know, they get they catch on. I was like, damn it, so close but it's one of those <laughs> yeah, things. Taking, Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I've taken a doe from the ground for yeah, it's pretty uh it's definitely a different it's it's a different thrill for sure. I've taken some deer on the ground and then we're gonna try to capture it on film this year, which we think would be pretty cool. That would be
2: awesome. I I hope you do, man. That'd be really great footage. I mean there's I, I, I think that really benefits a lot of the public hunting and hopefully it won't like blow up, you know, the spots a little bit, but you know, it might not deter some people that, uh, you know, decide, Hey man, uh, if I see these guys, these guys are working dudes like me, you know, I've seen them on their, uh, your guys, YouTube channel, you're shooting does from the ground. It's like, it gives a lot of guys hope. Like, yeah, I can do that too. You know? Well, that
1: being said, Dave, what you mentioned about, you know, filming, possibly filming shooting a deer from the ground like that, um, let's talk about the goals you guys each have set for yourself and for your guys'
2: team.
0: Yeah, so you think team goals first or, or individual? What works best?
2: Team, hey, teamwork makes the dream work. Let's hear the team first.
0: <laughs> okay. So looking at the Whitetail experience as a whole um, going into this season, one area we'd like to focus on is kind of a, the production side of things. Um, we've got a lot of – oh, we've got a, a whole – you know, year of experience plus now uh, of doing this and we've invested in a little better camera. We've made some good contacts. Like, uh, shout out to, to Garrett over there at Last Breath. Uh, I've texted him a lot of questions on film and production and branding. So I think that that aspect of our product is, is going to get better. And I, I think that that'll be good for good for our brand. You know, um, as far as like team goals, let's assess the season. We've really laid out. Um, kind of a, a team hunting strategy. I've kind of dubbed that to Dave as far as he's got some spreadsheets drawn up where we can be a little bit more effective, we feel, as a group, uh, gaining intel on some of the new pieces that we've talked about earlier, but also not boogering up, you know, locations that we feel are higher value. So I think being more effective as a team is definitely a goal um, and increase that production value. Uh, Dave, let's talk about your individual goals.
3: Uh, I guess, uh, put me on spot, but my individual goals, I mean, obviously I'd like to kill a nice mature deer on public. Um, who wouldn't? Um, I'd also like to, uh, I would like to take a doe from the ground or something, uh, whether it's going in on boat access or, or whatnot or something interesting, something different along the lines and maybe take a doe or a buck that way. Um, and you know, I plan to spend a lot of time in October on my feet. I don't really plan on getting in a stand much at all. In October and a lot of this is going to be, uh, going to these new pieces and just kind of investigating them, you know, reporting back to everybody, find out what we see. And then, you know, hopefully furthering our chances to get on multiple good rut locations. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe jump a buck in the process and try the bump and dump, just being real op- opportunistic. Um, taking a dough on the ground if I get a chance while I'm on my foot on, you know, while I'm on my feet checking out these areas. Um, and just, you know, definitely going to be more aggressive and uh, probably be in the woods more this year than I ever have in the past. Um, you know, and just try to really grind it out this year harder than I have but, before.
2: Yeah, but, but but I feel like your number one is make it back to Illinois and get some cookies barbecue sauce. I really feel like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's number that, one. That, back <laughs> for
3: next year. Don't, uh, that's for sure.
2: Uh, that's a separate goal. From yeah. This season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we get we can talk about that a little later once we get all the all the goals out of the <laughs> way because you know these are important. To you and I, I'm, I'm really happy that that you guys have, you know, worked as hard as you have, and you know it's starting to pay off. You guys are putting out some really cool videos, and I, man, I, I really hope that you guys uh, accomplish every goal that you you set this year. I know I'm excited to to see it. You know, definitely. It, to,
4: i think we all are aren't we?
2: yeah to, and it's the luck of the podcast to hear him say it here and then all of a sudden that's it right. happens you know and they shoot that big mature seven and a half year old nanny yeah, that's right. from the ground the, the luck of the film, podcast is,
1: is winding back up
2: so we might oh, yeah. as well
1: just start sprinkling out on these boys right here yeah the the lindsey
2: way yeah, out with rain
4: i'm sprinkling it right now <laughs>
2: I'm feeling it. <laughs> I saw it. He actually, he actually just dipped his fingers in in bush light and just baptized us. So yep. <laughs> the the ritual has happened.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it.
1: So I mean, you can just put all your thanks back to us for your successful. Season. Yeah, no,
3: I
2: mean, you know, credit us as executive producer in everything that you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> executive producer, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's the, like in Hollywood. That's like the yeah. Never mind. Anyway, back to you guys.
0: Yeah, so, like, my goals for, for 2017, uh, a little different than Dave's, I, uh, I'd like to actually increase my, like, encounter rate or, or be a little more successful in the Big Woods side of, of public. Uh, that's something I've kind of been studying a little bit more of and, and asking, you know, different resources and um, putting in a lot more miles going to the Big Woods, putting in time scouting, putting in cameras down in these sections, and, and actually found a, a couple different uh, sections of a whole different state forest I've never been to and have had some really good luck there I I actually found a, a pair of sheds off a off of deer oh in January real really shed buck and you know we believe we have him on camera as of June and so I think it would be very cool to kill a deer that I've got sheds off of especially on public having yeah. um, trail cam picks I I I will hunt that deer pretty hard, smartly, but that to me would be a, a pretty cool thing if I could see that come full circle. Awesome. What is the
2: exact location of this uh, state forest, just for all our listeners who want <laughs> to get to pull up a lawn chair and watch you do it? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah. let me send that
2: uh, <laughs> We'll put that in the we, link. <laughs> we,
0: we don't even post trail cam pics anymore because of just some attention from neighbors and and attention from where we're going. It, yeah, we, we, we made a rule this year. No trail cam photos hit the uh, social media until after
1: harvest. You know, that's funny you mentioned that, Byron, because uh, we had a listener shout us out or call us out and said, how come you guys never post pictures a year, a year bucks? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I guess we better
2: post a couple.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. they're from a couple years ago. Joke's on you. Yeah. <laughs> from a spot I don't even hunt anymore.
2: Got turned into a Costco. <laughs> That's how you know we're joking. We don't even have a Costco around where we are. Well, I heard oh, really? Getting, uh, yeah, I heard we're getting one, but I don't need a $1.50 hot dog is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> okay. Byron's, like, so cut and dry, like, no, like I'm not putting up with your shit. <laughs>
2: hey, hey, you know, Byron's a good, Byron's a good dude. Uh, you guys, I do... I know I thanked you before, but I do want to thank you guys. You guys drove all the way from Ohio to come to our uh, our shoot that we had a couple months back, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was uh, to me it was very humbling that you guys would would take the the time out of your free time to show up and hang out with us, have some beers, and uh, man, you know it means the world to me that you guys would have done that. So I I do want to say thank you once again. For coming oh, out, well, thank
0: you, thank you for having us. I mean, we we had a blast. We had an adventure. Hell, that was the highlight of my spring. Lord knows it wasn't my turkey season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I felt like we talked about this on a podcast, man. Did we podcast after the shoot or not?
0: We haven't. No, enough. we just BSed. Maybe it was an after hours. Man,
1: maybe <laughs> there was a, a lot, lot of after that?
2: hours after the shoot. I promise that because <laughs> you guys
1: came in, you guys brought your A game, man. You guys were shooting good. <laughs> It was nuts. I'm like, geez, man, these boys from Ohio are really well. Brought
2: two out of three of them were the uh, the other guy there, David. There,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he also had a wheels are for
1: cars. Yep, yep. yeah, stick and string.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was
2: it was really cool, man. I'm I'm glad you guys got to uh, got to come down here. I definitely can't wait for you guys to come back. Um, we'll have yeah. A good- We'll have cookies, barbecue sauce. You guys didn't make it to Iowa. I told you, like, as a crow flies, you're, like, three miles from Iowa. You should have just <laughs> drove across the bridge, hopped know, out, and then drove right I back. <laughs> I could have gave well, you that tour. Can,
0: you know, we consider you guys, like, friends in the industry, as weird as it sounds. Like, I mean.
1: No, it's what we know. are, man. Yeah, we are.
0: It's a fact. Like, I text Kurt on a regular basis, Steve, I follow you on all the social media. Eric, I'll bring you yingling any day
2: of the week, man.
4: I'm I'm running low, by the way.
2: Dude, his head perked up. He's like, you need to come back soon.
1: (laughs) Well, guys, one thing that needs to happen is uh, we've created our own tradition and made a lot of friends. You guys, I know it's a long, long drive for you guys, but we feel like it would be very worth it for you to come to the Iowa Deer Classic one of these
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. That would be wild. That would be a cool trip, I
1: think. You could join in in all the fun with our gang, and we can... uh, You have to come to that. You have no
2: idea how wild we get, dude. I'm doing backflips off the second story. (laughs) That's nuts.
1: (laughs) We can talk about that after the podcast. Um, Guys, is there something you want to add to this episode, man? I feel like we didn't cover something, and there's something, and I know Byron has it in the back of his head right now. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: if you want to, uh, circling back to some of the trail cam strategy, I feel like um another thing we do, you know, we take the data, you know, a picture of a buck, but we also apply like a point, point system and kind of learn and maybe some buck tendencies. And, and I think that's Uh-oh. a problem. And I don't know if you, maybe, Uh-oh. Um,
1: but
0: that is a weather history site that you can access and see what the wind was doing, the temperature, And you can also like zoom out on like a monthly view and see, okay, the temperature dropped 10 degrees or the wind shifted from a north to a west wind. And look, I've got a picture of a buck, but we, what we like to do is give one point for night photos, two points for say like dawn and dusk when you kind of expect deer movement. But something that's kind of been key, even like on my small piece of land that I've noticed is if you get a picture, say like 10 o'clock noon, you know, those, those midday hours, we assign three points for that. Um, because generally those deer are not moving far, and you can almost gauge where he might be bedded um, if you kind of have topography in that area. Byron, um, you could, cut
1: out the beginning of this. What, yeah. what is this that you that you're talking about? Is it, it's website? a website? It's a website.
0: Yeah. So like it's a underground weather. Underground is kind of what it stands for, and um, I, I'm not by oh we underground w, means, w-, Undergr- w-
2: underground yeah yeah I didn't know you could access previous data because. I know you you've wrote down stuff you know like when you're like seeing whatever bucks you killed he was and Kurt. In Kurt you was not Kurt. I'm looking at you and I'm pointing at you, but in podcast land you <laughs> can't tell. Um yeah, that's a that's a super helpful tip. Uh okay. you know, and Clint Casper well, when he was talking about
1: the same thing. So I'm sorry Byron, you just cut out yeah. when, when when you said that so I didn't I didn't hear the first part. No, no,
0: you're good. You're so, good.
1: So that point system, okay. Continue on cuz I like where this is going already. I'm uh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. interested.
0: So we assign point systems to when a buck visits a site, and you can use this. I've used this on my private piece, and last year was a perfect example. So I had a buck show up several times through a summer, the buck I ended up harvesting, and I noticed, like, I think I had 32 points with this buck, but, like, 24 of them were on a south and a west wind variant. And I I killed that deer on a southwest wind. I mean, not that I knew that that was going to happen but can that maybe show you some tendencies of a certain deer in a certain area i i think there's definitely something to it
4: absolutely oh no, yeah there has to be man i, I mean you're mean, doing your homework that's i mean i don't know
1: yeah. it, but i'm gonna get on this tonight and check that yeah. out yeah
0: um, and you'll see too like uh it notes if it was raining or if like a thunderstorm came through and that's kind of very interesting to see like why do I have all these pictures of deer moving, you know, this day versus another day? And you can, like, tell it to give you, like, a week of data in July, and you can see, oh, this day here was the coldest of the of the week. No wonder I have more trail, daytime trail cam pictures that day. So it's very cool. It's it's, it's definitely something I think uh, can you can take a trail cam picture and learn and assess and maybe be a little bit more successful on both private and public land.
3: Yeah, another thing, uh, like say if you got like, uh, you know, a 10 a.m., like an oddball 10 a.m. pick, you're kind of wondering why was this buck on his feet at 10 a.m.? You can look and see if there was like a midday, like, uh, 180 degree wind change. Maybe he was bedding somewhere else and he got on his feet to go bed with a better wind because of that midday wind shift. Yep. Uh, he had like a really hard, uh, storm, like right at dusk the night before and he might not have got on his feet and up and moving the previous night till you know, a lot later. So then he obviously will kind of be up a little bit later the following morning. So he might have like that off ball, 10 a.m. pick, and you can kind of maybe try to figure out, you know, why why he was on his feet that time of day. And then you can obviously see like, well, you know, what direction he's going and coming at what time of day the pick is on. And another thing, like I don't like hanging a trail cam. I don't like just to sneak into an area, hang camera, and back, back out. Because if you, especially a new piece, that is, because you don't know, you don't know anything the surrounding area. So, like, once you've gotten boots on the ground with a piece, you've walked it, you've established some of your thicker areas, some of your potential buck beds, some of your food. Then once you get a trail camera pick, you can kind of put all the pieces together and say, okay, look, this buck is heading from bed to feed, and he's walking this trail. Um, you know, he's going back towards bed at 6 a.m., and he's leaving at 9 p.m., and you can kind of narrow down their home ground. And the weather definitely, you know, helps get you a little tips and tactics, I guess. For
1: sure. It, it definitely shows you guys' knowledge and the way you analyze deer movement. Yeah. And you guys, It shows you put more detail into it than the average person when you break it down this way. And Dave, you brought up a good point is like when there's a wind change, that's something that I always uh, try and look for. If there's a super hard change in wind and if I have a stand that can pull off both changes in wind, that's a good time to be in a stand, like you said, because... Uh, say a buck is bedded at a certain spot and the wind changes to where it's no longer in his favor. He's going to get up and move no matter what time of day that whenever that wind change is, to where the wind's in his favor, because he's not going to lay there to where the wind isn't going to benefit him to where he can't smell danger. So if you have your stand set up for a wind change from, you know, whether it's you got a cold front coming in and that wind goes from South to North or whatever it may be, that's a very good opportunity. That might be some of your best chances to kill a mature buck when he's in transition from one vantage safety point to another vantage safety point depending on that wind direction.
3: <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh actually uh you guys buddy uh Clark actually uh me and him were talking a little bit deer and he uh he, he kinda gave me that tip and you know you best guarantee that any time this year there's a midday wind change, I'm gonna be in the woods yeah. somewhere. You know, even if I got to, you know, if I notice it late and I got to rush out from the truck, I'm going to get in there somewhere. I'm just hoping he's hoping, you know, that's a, that's going to get him on their feet, just like you said. Well, For it's sure.
4: it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, to kind of notice what the wind change is or what happened that day. Like that buck I seen the other day <clears throat> when checking trail cameras because I didn't expect. Monster, by the way. I didn't expect any deer to be on their feet. It was like 11 a.m. So I'm like, okay prime time of the day for me to go in and check trail cameras where there ain't going to be a deer on their feet and all my trail cameras are on field edges. So I went in, checked one and I was walking down the field edge and all of a sudden here he comes over the hill. So that makes me interested saying, okay, maybe there's a midday change or something happened to get that deer up on his feet to move. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah.
3: And maybe check your, check your cameras for that day and see if there was other movement, you know, whether it's does or bucks or just deer movement in general around
4: that same time. Well, right. Cause, um, it, cause the day before I had, uh, two bucks moving at the same time of the day. So I, I want to get on this website and see what happened the last two days.
2: It's awesome. I, 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 I've just been looking up some data, dude. This is like one of the biggest tips that you guys are going to get huge. all year. Huge. Man. That's, that's a huge, I, I, me, personally, I think this is more important data than moon phases just because I haven't delved deep into it. But for someone, if you don't believe in the moon hype, this is definitely something that you should check out. Now, again, we're... Well, this
1: could make you believe in moon hype, depending on what the It
2: could. Are. I mean, could. you know, maybe check what the it moons does. are. Maybe it'll give you a taste into it, and then you might be
4: like an ultimate deer it th- slayer. It but. throws every aspect into it that you can think of, pretty much. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm an accountant by day, so I put in a lot of stuff into Excel and I do some, some pivot tables and we really break it down. We do throw some moon times in to, to see if there is any correlation. Um, the, 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 king of the moon, Mr. Adam Hayes is from Ohio. So, so, you know, that's something yeah. we paid attention to the last two years. And right. I, I won't, I won't swear by the moon, but, uh, if it, if it correlates with sunrise and sunset, that overhead and underfoot time, I, I do have, like, I don't know, a little more opportun, uh You know, I'm a little more opportunistic going into the woods that night. I Sure.
4: Do. I'm going to send you every picture, the time, the day, and you're going to figure this out for me, right? <laughs> $10 an hour. We got it. $10 an hour. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he ain't a high class accountant or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, right on, man. That's um, that's something that's very huge. I, I'm going to be doing for sure, um, without a doubt, and you know, scouting some uh, some cameras and things. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm going to be checking those weather conditions, and hey, what was it like at this time, and maybe even previous cameras that you know you had some big deer on even last year. You know, well, why were they in this area? And maybe give you a clue.
1: No doubt. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's why I always try to look back at my past harvest see if there's any correlating evidence. I guess you could say. And well, now you got time. I tend to cl- uh, kill a lot of my bucks I in the morning on very clear, cold days, like wide, wide open sky, blue sky, clear, cold days. Not that it has anything to do with. That's not real patternable, but it just seems what it's normally like. Are
2: you sure you're not writing a country song right now? <laughs> I killed
3: my biggest. No, stop. On the it's most beautiful out. day. All
2: right, you're killing me,
1: right, boys. we have
3: we kind of dove into it a little more serious here these past you know a couple years really. Um, you know we you know before then we were we hunted but we weren't really knowledgeable hunters I guess until the past couple of years when we started actually diving into it. And you know I start recalling all of these buck sightings and buck kills and whatnot in the past. And now I'm trying to correlate it with the stuff I've learned now. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely makes things in the past start to make sense. Like, well, like I killed a buck, uh, one day it rained like, the, like the whole day. And, uh, and then that evening I was hunting over a scrape and, and I, and then, and then here comes a buck come in and I end up killing him. I was just coming to check that scrape at like 4 p.m. And it was kind of now I started to think, well, you know what? After all that rain, he was probably coming back in once the rain stopped to freshen up the scrape. Now at the time I didn't know that I was just I was just hunting, and now I kind of am connecting the dots I guess from my past experiences.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of do that too as well as things I've learned over time and look back on past hunts why certain things played out the way they did and kind of put two and two together. Yeah, and it, it all makes sense. But uh, sure. a lot of hunting is being. I mean, you could know everything in the world, but a lot of it's being at the right place at the right time
2: oh for sure so
1: anything you guys you guys want to add to the to the episode
0: i mean i'd like to thank you guys for having us on um you know we've become friends and i think it's great you know i really appreciate you guys having us on your venue and it's been real awesome to watch your guys's brand grow and grow and uh just i don't know you guys still are, are real people and it's down to earth and uh yeah i couldn't thank you enough for having us on a second time i never in a million years thought the Whitefield experience would be on the working class bowhunter podcast so this is really cool yeah well, but
2: you were on other podcasts so how sincere is this <laughs> no,
1: by, for real thank you so much that that really means the world to us but uh you guys are welcome really. back anytime you know you are
0: <laughs> cool cool
1: well guys where, where can people find you
0: yeah, the best place to find us is probably uh, Instagram. We're at whitetail underscore experience. Also, if you want to check out some of our hunts, maybe some highlight videos, some product reviews, uh, look us up on YouTube, the whitetail experience there. Uh, we we'll also have some strategy talk a little closer to season coming out. We have a small farm video on there that, with tips and tactics, um, as well as Facebook uh, that runs the world these days. But yeah, the whitetail experience there. And if anybody wants to get in contact, ask us a question on tips, tactics, or gear. By all means, you can reach out to us on those venues. Awesome! Yeah, so, yeah there's awesome.
2: a there's a cool video you guys did, and I was really impressed with it. Um, when you came up and filmed a little bit at the at the shoot we did, that's uh, on your YouTube channel. So that's a that's a real fun one, man. I thought that was really cool. It highlighted the whole weekend. So check that out. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool.
1: All right, boys. We appreciate you as always. You're yeah. welcome back again. You guys kill something on the ground, you call me, we'll podcast right after. We'll make it happen.
4: That night.
0: Oh, that'd be wild. That would be so cool.
1: We should do it. We definitely should. I mean, if it's just gotta just be me, it'll be all it'll be all business, no Steve. All you know business? what I mean?
2: All business, no Steve. That's our new shirts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Boys, thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Um, I don't know why the hell you listen to us all the time, uh, but it means a lot. And uh, I don't know why the hell you even come back on our show, but that means a lot to us as well. And we wish you guys best luck this season. Um, to everyone listening, go check these boys out. Public, private, these guys got it all figured out. They're real good um, good. down-home old boys. There you uh, go. I'm, I'm too many Bush lattes tonight, I guess. Um, check them out, really, though. Genuine people, regular guys, working class just like you and I. Check them out. Steve, you got anything to add? Because I know
2: you do. No, I'm just going to wow. go home and play Halo, dude. I'm good.
1: Eric? Good <laughs> to go. Thanks for coming on, guys. Everyone, we love you. Season's coming. Go shoot your bow.